In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the top Capitals prospects. And where do they rank and when can we expect to see them on the big team? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. Twitter, it's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, in this episode of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about some of the top prospects in the Capitals organization and where do they fit? Where do they rate? And when can we ultimately expect to see them uh, on the big team for the Washington Capitals. Now, if you take a look at this team, we know that there is a rebuild happening at some point. Uh, but as long as Alex Ovechkin is playing on the Capitals, you're not going to see any huge changes. You're not going to see a tear it down to the studs rebuilt uh, just because there were certain promises that were made to Alex that he would play on a competing team. He said that he didn't want, you know, his remaining years left with the Capitals to play on the third or fourth line or ultimately play with a team that's not going to get production. Because at the end of the day, he is chasing Wayne Gretzky's record. That's one thing. And number two, he wants to win another cup. He wants to win a couple more cups if he can. And he can do that as long as he has a strong group of players that can perform at a high level around him. But who are some of the top prospects in the Capitals organization? This was a piece in The Athletic. So I'll go over some of them here, and then I'll give you my thoughts on them. So number one was drafted last year was Ivan Miroshnyshenko. Um, and he was an interesting move for the Capitals because we know the Hodgkin's lymphoma kind of pushed him down in the draft a little bit. But ultimately, it was Ross Mahoney and company kind of finding a diamond in the rough. And why do I say a diamond in the rough? He's a top-tier player, save the fact that he had a really bad disease uh, that's in remission right now, is that if he had not had that disease, he would have probably been higher in the draft and the Capitals may not have been able to get him on this team. So in a roundabout way, it worked out in the Capitals' favor. I think that ultimately it'll work out in Ivan's uh, favor as well uh, because I do think that you know he's probably a couple years out from playing over here. I think he has one year left on his deal over in Russia, uh, but I have a bright spot, and I think he has a bright future with the Caps. Ivan has looked like himself since returning after missing most last season following his Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis, playing a goal per game in the MHL, and quickly rising through the second-tier VHL to the KHL. Miroshnyshenko has widely regarded as Russia's best prospect in the 2022 draft before 
for the diagnosis. Even after the start of his season had pushed him from the top three conversion into more of a top 10 projection, um, as a player, Miros Nishenko has an illustrious international track record as the captain and first-line player in his age group, often alongside 2023 sensation uh, Medvedev Mechkov. You'll have to expect, uh, excuse me if I said that name wrong, and a good, uh, though less inspiring, domestic track record. And if you've kind of been keeping track of Ivan's play over in Russia, he is lighting it up over there. Uh, again, he is under contract over there, so it's not like he's going to come over here anytime soon. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Evgeny Kuznetsov, for years before he came over here, was this buzz. This Capitals team is great, but wait till Kuznetsov gets here. And when he finally came over from Russia, I remember he didn't speak hardly any English. And, um, you know, he lit it up for the Capitals uh, when he came here and then subsequently has had some cold seasons and then kind of lit up again. But in any event, it kind of, there are certain similarities that remind me of the Kuznetsov thing. There's a certain uh, folklore almost around him. Is Ivan going to live up to that same potential? There are some exciting attributes to his game, and it's well-rounded, so it's never been hard to understand the appeal. He's got an athletic pearl frame. He shoots it hard. Both his wrister and his one-timer one off touch shots from mid range, giving him clear power play upside. He's a powerful skater through his edges and crossovers. He's got good playmaking instincts. He is a dexterous player who catches bad passes, manages to keep control when the play breaks down or the ice is choppy and gets it on his stick and makes great plays in the leadership quality about Ivan Miroshnishenko is what I like. A future, you know, potential captain, maybe that's, you know, a bit of a leap there, being that the Washington Capitals have Alex Ovechkin on the team. But the future, I guess, are, I'm, remains a bit more uncertain. I've always kind of thought that Tom Wilson will probably be the next captain of your caps, but I guess it remains to be seen. You know, there are certain injuries and, and uh, that kind of thing. But the leadership qualities, even if he's not the captain of the team, to just have leadership qualities on the team, I mean, there's a lot of leaders on this team that don't wear the C. I mean, you see Oshie and Backstrom, uh, John Carlson, and these guys that have been here for some time. So that's what the Capitals are looking for, other than his playmaking ability is just a good leadership core as well. Uh, and he's noticeable, engaged, shift to shift without the puck. My big hiccup with him is that I don't find him to be a great problem solver. While he can make the first play he sees on instinct, he doesn't do a good job breaking down the play to think it through. And that's this guy's assessment from The Athletic. I have seen video of him playing in the KHL. Um, obviously, I don't watch all the games. I don't have that much time to do all of that. You know, I have a couple kids at home, and I'm keeping track of the Capitals and the Bears and all that kind of stuff. But what I have seen is that he's quite one heck of a player out there. And I think that he does have a good upside. And uh, I do think that he has uh, a future on this team at some point. Uh, like I said, it's a couple years out. He is a younger man. But the thing that I'm really excited about in this Capitals team is there is this aging kind of nucleus, if you will. We always hear about it. It's this aging core. But what is coming up the pipeline has me Really excited as a Capitals fan. You know, I spoke about Ivan, and later we'll talk about Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre, and, you know, the Capitals are stocked in net, and Vincent Iorio, all of these players. And look at how great the Bears are playing this year. It is promising. My big thing for the Capitals is to hold on to these players. 
Um, you know, oftentimes they get drawn into these things, you know, where they're in win now mode and it's a trade deadline and we're going to trade away Ivan Miroshnashenko for a rental. No, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not worth it. Um, I would almost rather squander a year this year if the Capitals aren't going to do good for a future, you know, a future core of players. Because let's face it, the Capitals farm system, if you will, to use a baseball term, is rather depleted. So they need to restock the tank and prepare for a reload in the future. And I want to keep most of those players that are humming along and playing very well in Hershey down there. We need them in the future. I don't ever want to get in a position where we trade a Connor McMichael or a Hendrix LaPierre for a rental. That will set me into a rage like nothing else. I've seen that happen on this Caps team for years. Um, and it's one of the things that, that has bugged me for the long time. I mean, take a look at it. Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. In what planet was that a good thing? And I know that George McPhee at the time had some kind of convoluted answer of why that was a good thing. But to this day, that move as a Capitals fan still haunts me. I remember being at work and my Twitter going off on my phone and I said, what the bleep was going on there? You know, you traded Philip Forsberg. And I think, you know, if I remember back, they said that Forsberg had, you know, maybe kind of prone to some sort of injury or blah, blah, blah. Suffice it to say, he has gone on to Nashville and killed it. Uh, so that is something that has really burned the Capitals in the butt in the past. So my thing on this, Ivan Miroshnashenko facing up. I'm all in on Ivan. I think that, it, you know, as long as his health keeps going along and his... Um, his lymphoma stays in remission and, you know, stays under control and he can play on the big team. That is a big attribute to this team. Um, as we know, there's a lot of players on this team that are on expiring contracts. See Lars LRC, almost the entire Capitals blue line. We need some promising futures. So that is my one thing. Do not trade away futures, prospects, you know, guys in Hershey right now for a rental. I am if I'm against anything, I'm against that more than anything. Win now mode is complete garbage. Usually it never pays off, I got to say. I've seen the Capitals do it in years past and rarely has those uh, has that come to fruition and really helped them out. They won the Stanley Cup and, you know, I think that they're trying to relive that. I think the Capitals have got to do the best they can do with what they have you know, on the team right now. You can make some little moves here and there. Sonny Milano coming to the team. I'm all about that. Nicholas Abe-Kubel, both seem to be real positive, low-impact financially moves, but don't move futures. If you're listening to me, if anyone listening to this podcast, you know, uh, is involved in decisions like that, and I know they don't care what I think, but if you are listening, if you want just some sage advice here, don't trade away futures for a rental. It is going to burn you. And that is why the Capitals farm system is so depleted. It's going in the right direction now. Uh, I just don't want to see that happen. Uh, because again, I am a firm believer on what's going down in Hershey. And I'm drinking the Hershey Bears Kool-Aid right now. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of promise there. They just need to retain most of them. Is it going to be possible for them to keep all of those players of course not. But I would like for them to hang on to the lion's share of them. See Zach Fucali and Hunter Shepard and Garen Bjorklund and, uh, you know, everyone else that's down there. There's a, a healthy pipeline down there, and I don't want to see the Capitals screw this up, you know, by, by getting into that rental mode. That is my rant for this podcast. And if anyone's listening here, just keep that in mind. I know everyone wants to get another Stanley Cup worse than anything, but there is nothing worse than I could think of. Then on the trade deadline in March going, 
uh, the Capitals traded for, you know, Bull Horvat and uh, Eric Carlson or something like that for Hendricks Lapierre and uh, Connor McMichael and Zach Fucali and, and be like, what, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing? Did you even win a cup at the end of the year? Because I guess to a small extent, if you win a cup at the end of the year, maybe I can buy into that. But even then, I would rather give up a cup this year for a future. I do not want the Capitals to ever ever be in a position like that again where they're uh the Hershey Bears and the Stingrays are so depleted that there's nothing really left there. So, again, my rant here on this first segment here is I do not want to see the Capitals do something like that. I don't know if they're going to do it, but you know, sometimes I think, you know, the perils of being in win now mode uh, can be a little bit overwhelming, and I don't want to see the Capitals do that. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about some other uh, Capitals prospects and where they rank, and uh, ultimately, when, what can we expect from them, and when can we see them on the big team? We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Capitals take on the Coyotes. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about a guy that is familiar to this team, a true lightning rod. Number two on the list here is Connor McMichael. And Connor McMichael is another guy that has been on the caps. He's gone down to Hershey. He's been up. He's been down. Ultimately, I think his time is coming. It's He's just going to have to be patient because, as I talked about, he is a centerman, right? He plays center. And who else is going? His contract is up at the end of the season. Lars Eller. It seems for me that the Capitals, I would be most surprised if the Capitals gave Lars Eller a new contract. For me, that is a perfect opportunity for Connor McMichael. He still just needs to work on his craft. He needs to work on getting better. I do think he has it within him. He is one of the crown jewels in the Washington Capitals organization, as far as I'm concerned. This uh, in the athletic as well. I wrote last year when I included McMichael in the Capitals 2022 prospect pool, ranking even though he was in the NHL. Then I feared that he was at risk of following the path back to the AHL. That has since followed. I was admitted lower than most on McMichael in his draft year, believing he was more of a second-round pick than a first-round pick. One, because of his lack of a distinguishing trait beyond his NHL spot. There's still a lot to like. He can play multiple roles in forward positions. I still think he'll be a top-nine center long-term. He prefers center to the wing, but he doesn't have to end up there. And, you know, one of the things, and I hear this all the time, and I heard that I haven't heard it in some time because he hasn't played on the Capitals in a while, but I would get lit up on Twitter about Connor McMichael not getting his opportunity. And ultimately, what it boils down to is there was not a spot for him on this team. He is better served to play in Hershey, where he's, you know, playing and getting some regular playing time, playing on the power play, that penalty kill, those types of things. 
So for him to get those real-world reps in the AHL, which is just one click down from the NHL, it's not a beer league, for God's sake. Everyone's like, you know, he got sent down to Hershey, like he got sent to some local, you know, uh, local rink, you know, being sponsored by a bar. He is playing professional hockey at the end of the day. Some people don't know that. The Stingrays, Hershey... Those both of those teams are still professional hockey. You're just not at the NHL level yet. Um, so, a, a lot of things uh, sometimes I hear disparaging. You know, like oh, he got sent down to Hershey. I think it's the best spot for him right now while he works on his career uh, going forward. There, his aforementioned shot is threatening from mid range, and he does a good job getting it off from a dangerous areas because of his puck protection skill, which includes his ability to protect out wide with one hand or attack on his backhand. He's got a well-rounded, detailed two-way game, and he knows and understands the game as it develops in real time, evident in his constantly smart choices with and without the puck. He also lacks uh, in uh, um, inventiveness, so sometimes he doesn't see certain plays uh, develop, maneuverability, and quick directional changes and cuts that are so imperative to translating the other tools he does to have to the NHL. And that so far has prevented him from creating offense consistently. And, you know, one of the things that I spoke about with J.J. Regan, you know, when I started this podcast back in March is we talked about Hendricks LaPierre and we talked about Connor McMichael and ultimately his assessment, my assessment is as well, is they played well when they first came up to this team, but it was not sustainable, not sustainable. And if you're going to have a job night in and night out, if they're going to give you a sweater is the term as they like to say, you're going to have to play on a consistent basis or you're going to be relegated to being a healthy scratch. See Anthony Mantha, see Lars Eller, that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's what he's going to have to do if he wants to maintain a job on the big team, the Washington Capitals, other than playing in the Hershey Bears. Um, again, I do think he's a good match, a good replacement for Lars Eller after he undoubtedly moves on at the end of the year, but he still has to work on his game because that game, that spot, that I perceive is his spot to have. It's not his if he does not perform. So he's still going to have to work on his craft, work on his game. Uh, if he wants to continue to have a spot on this team as well, those are the big things for me for him. The other player who is kind of in that same category, who is also a center and I think, you know, um, might be in the mix there at some point, you know, it could be Hendricks Lop here, Connor McMichael fighting it out is Hendricks Lop here, 20 years old, two familiar places in two of the crown jewels of the Washington Capitals organization. If you ask me, LaPierre's numbers in his first season, the AHL don't pop, but I've liked what I've seen of him for the most part. An up and down season in the NHL and getting cut by Hockey Canada for last year's World Juniors. And he's among the Bears' more productive players while holding his own defensively. When LaPierre is at his, his best, he's playing a puck transport distribution game on the inside of the ice. But while his vision is high-end enough to create off the per perimeter with east-west passes, he can put himself there a little too often. His goal scoring has never been a major strength, but it's obvious that he's made getting his looks more of a focus over the last couple of seasons. He's got an accurate low kick wrister that can beat goalies from the home plate area and what he does a nice job adjusting around sticks and skate he's also a good skater who is capable of pushing the tempo again a player that i do see i mean the guy's 20 years old i mean i would like to see him on the capitals of course but kind of the same way with Connor mcmichael 
there's not a spot for him on this team right now. We know that. Who's coming out for him to go in? I know I'm going to hear it right away. Lars Eller, pull him out, put him in, or Anthony Mantha. Both of those players, uh, their native position is the center position. I don't want to have... You know, Connor McMichael or uh, Hendricks LaPierre playing for the Capitals just to play on the Capitals on the fourth line, left wing. Uh, I know that that's the easy thing to do because of the injuries, you know, with Hagelin and Malenstein and and Protus. Well, Protus is up on the team now where he's going to most likely get uh, called up as I'm recording this uh, earlier on Wednesday. Um, I don't have that information as of right now, but that was the rumor mill. Uh, so in any event, I don't want to have those guys on the team you know, we saw that with Connor McMichael, he was on the big team and I'm sure he loved playing on the big team, you know, on the ice with Ovechkin and Backstrom and oh my God, if you're a hockey player, that's got to be a pretty cool moment, right? But he was a healthy scratch and he wasn't getting enough playing time. He took the pregame skates, he did all that kind of stuff. But what these players really need to do is they need the regular playing time and that is the prime opportunity down in Hershey where they can get prime playing time let them work on their game, and then bigger things lie ahead for them. All right, so after the break here, I will continue to go through the list of the top Capitals prospects. We'll talk about that next. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, that's right, real chocolate and they come in unbelie unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like candy while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is they're healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein and the big thing now you don't need to wait around for a box for years we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local Walmart. Walmarts are everywhere, so it is so easy. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, which those are all over the place as well, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to continue to talk about the top Capitals prospects. Another player that comes up that I'm so excited about. Uh, we were able to get him because of the Vitek Vanacek move, where we know v Vitek Vanacek did not get a qualifying offer. That gave the opportunity for the Capitals to draft Ryan Chesley. 18 years old, so probably a little bit of a ways out. Chesley was one of the more um, universally well-liked prospects in the 2022 draft among NHL folks and was a top prospect in the 2004 age group for years, but he has, for the first time in his young career, hit some roadblocks this season, though he was defended well for the Golden Gophers in a depth role on a deep team with a Frozen Four aspiration. His contributions with the puck have been limited, and he really struggled at the World Juniors ultimately moving off a longtime partner Lane Hudson's pair to the number 7D role after two games. 
He plies his trade as well. He's a well-rounded player, hard shooter, two-way defender. I like him defensively in the neutral ice where he's got a great stick and gaps up really well. He can really tip it in when it takes on the five to eight feet are available. He's got a balanced skating mechanics, good posture, and the ability and willingness to defend with a body and stick help him defend at a high variety of levels. His game does lack creativity, though, and his statistically profile will need to work if he wants to become a solid NHL defenseman. The Capitals hoped they were getting when they drafted him early in the second round. His effective, he's effective, and there's still some aggressiveness and his talent to his package, but his game lacks creativity. That's the common thing I hear in this, that creativity, lacking creativity, and he's got to work to do to soften his skill in that area. So, again, he's not having the season uh, that was projected for him, but he is 18 years old right now. Give the guy a break. When you draft someone, sometimes they're not all going to be bedard. You know, they're not all, when you sign him, they're not all just going to probably be lighting it up right away. Some of these guys take a little bit longer to to nurture and to get to the big level. Um, but, you know, Bedard is one of the, the, if you get Bedard on your team, if you draft him, you won the lottery as far as I'm concerned. If his game in any way translates to what he has done, you know, just looking at his stats and his videos, just amazed. Um, a bit of a sidebar there, but in any event, I do think that Chesley has a bright future for the Capitals at some point. Uh, it does appear that he's going to have to work on his game a little bit um, before he's ready because, you know, I mean, even for him to be in Hershey and, and doing work down there, they don't let anyone into Hershey. Again, that's still professional hockey. So if he has any hopes or aspirations of being in the NHL, then he's going to have to work on his game. Uh, but you know the you know if you take a look at his origin story, if you look what what kind of player he's built from, I do think that he has a promising future on this team at some point. I'm not pegging him to be on this team anytime in the near future, but if he keeps working on his craft, again, he was drafted so high in last year's draft for a reason. Uh, I, he's just going to have to work on his game. It's not the end of the world. Uh, for Ryan there. So one of the next players on this list that I'm excited about as well is Vincent Iario. Um, I have at times found um, Vincent to be a tricky player to project because despite his status at a name prospect dating back to his minor hockey days, his statistical profile never looked like that more of a future third pairing guy. And while I still believe that's about where he tops out, his game has come into focus as a very projectable player for me. It has always been easy for me to see why the NHL scouts liked him a bit more than I did in the second round. Instead of where I had slotted him in in the third or fourth round, he has been a long athletic righty who skates well, owns the neutral zone against the rush, and he has learned to play an efficient turn and move style. He has always done a good job walking the line to get pucks through traffic to the net. Those little elements of his game are executed with such consistency that game has translated nicely to the AHL as a rookie this season too. I've also seen him stretch the ice with outlets and use his long stride to lead the rush or join in transition as an option. And while his game does lack some creativity, again, we go back to creativity and finesse. He's got the markings of a reliable complementary depth defenseman at the next level. And, you know, not exactly a glowing review of Vincent. I do think... You know, we saw him a little bit in, in the preseason in camp there. I do think 
that he is going to be a good player going forward here. Again, he's a younger man. You got to give these guys a little bit of a break. They're not all going to be the next Alex Ovechkin or Connor McDavid. Maybe they will be at some point, but not all players' trajectory is the same as other players. So I do think that he has it within him. It just may take a little bit of time. Um, so just taking a look at another player here that I'm kind of excited about as well is Clay Stevenson. One of the things, the strong suits for the Washington Capitals, and this goes back years. I mean, if you think about it, the Capitals have always had great goaltending either on the big team or down in Hershey, and they always have an excellent eye for drafting or acquiring goaltenders. If you want to, you know, I mean, take a look at the goalies that have even moved on from this team. Look at what Phoenix Copley is doing with the Kings. I mean, he was a depth piece down in Hershey and he's killing it for the Kings. You take a look at Vitek Vanacek out in New Jersey, doing pretty well, all things considered. You take a look at Ilya Samsonov up in Toronto, kind of a mixed bag season. But if you want to even widen the lens a little bit more, there's Varlamov and Grubauer and Holtby while he was still playing. There has just been a long lineage, if you will, of great netminding. And I think our next guy on this list is going to be that as well. Clay Stevenson. Stevenson has traveled an unconventional developmental path, signing an NHL deal with really just one season at a top-end level after skating the BCHL to NCAA route to lose his entire freshman year at Dartmouth to COVID-19 and earn an entry-level contract on the back of 23 games on a bad big green team as a sophomore. He has played well as a rookie in his pro path at the ECHL and AHL, though, and was the BCHL goaltender of the year in 2020 and the ECAC all-rookie team goaltender in 2022. Stevenson is, you know, a lot like another uh, goalies in the NHL, a big guy compared to the old days. Stevenson is six foot four. In 195-pound goalie who plays an angular, aggressive game in the net that looks to take away options from shooters and swallow the first shot, consistency has been his calling card. So, again, Clay Stevenson, another promising guy. Who else do we got in there? Garen Bjorklund, you got Hunter Shepard, you got Zach Fukali. It's just the caps are stacked in net. If there's one position that the Capitals are stacked in, it is in net. They have goaltenders for days. They can face any situation. I don't think that, you know, all these guys, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily ready for the NHL right now. But in the future, I think the Capitals are in a good position. The, the problem, you know, a good problem, I guess, to have is that they have Darcy Kemper under kind of a long-term contract and Charlie Lindgren's under a three-year deal. So ultimately, the problem, if there is a problem there, is where do they fit into the Capitals' plans? Are they going to be content uh, playing down in Hershey uh, or in Carolina for the Stingrays, or are they going to flip a one or two of those guys for another player? That is probably most likely going to be the case. As we know, you know, generally there's two goalies in Hershey. There's two uh, down in Carolina, maybe a third one during certain occasions. But generally speaking, so there's four goalies there. So there's only so many jobs available. Uh, then, of course, you know, there's the guys that are playing up on the Capitals. But usually they don't, you know, generally have three goalies uh, in the NHL level. So I do think it puts them in an interesting position. I think it is ultimately the cream that rises to the top. If you take a look at Zach Fucali, for example, he was a guy that was revered as the next guy, the number three netminder. But guess what happened? 
when Darcy Kemper got injured. Who got called up? Hunter Shepard got called up. So it is kind of a thing that vacillates back and forth, you know, based on who's playing better. I still think that Zach Fucali is a good netminder, but now it seems like Hunter Shepard is kind of rising to prominence as well. So it puts the Capitals in an interesting position, doesn't it? So going forward, I do think the Capitals are in an excellent position as far as netminding is concerned. I do think that overall they're in a good position. The thing that's working kind of perfectly into the Capitals' plans here is this, is that, you know, the Capitals are not going to make any moves for the next three years and change while Alex Ovechkin is on this team. Three years is going to be plenty enough time for a lot of those players to kind of grow into their own and mature into great NHL players. May some of those players bump up and come up earlier? Sure, but those are going to be the top-tier players that are playing on the Capitals' team. It's going to give some of the younger guys like Ryan Chesley and Vincent Iorio, it's going to give them an opportunity to work on their game. They're younger men at the end of the day. So three years from now, they're going to be like, what, 23 years old? Still young men. Um, so still pl uh, plenty of opportunity for these guys to find a spot on this team when that rebuild happens. It's going to happen, but it's not going to happen for the next few years. You're just going to see small incremental moves um, like a Sonny Milano or Nicholas Abe-Cubel or something like that. You're not going to see any earth-shaking moves. For one, cap space. And number two, I kind of like what the Capitals are right now. Despite what everyone's saying around the league, that it's, it's this geriatric team and yada, 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 I do think the Capitals are a pretty good team when they're dialed in. They're going to go through losing streaks. They're going to go through winning streaks like any other NHL team. I think I like what they have now, with especially with Wilson and Backstrom back, who are slowly starting to acclimate and gel with the rest of the players. I do think that the Capitals are in a good position going forward, and I am ultimately excited for what the Capitals, the next batch of Capitals players offer to this team. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.